This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. Terry said in Facebook post, I'm being I'm ultra conservative, but you are being irresponsible about nuclear power. The problem with Chernobyl is the land around Chernobyl is not habitable, habitable. That is the problem with nuclear power. Once there's been a devastating accident, the area around it is not habitable for decades. That's why I would oppose nuclear energy. Uh, it's just foolish. I mean, this is again nuclear that 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 you can't so so disregard everything all the facts about how only two people died in the explosion there's no increase in cancer no radiation poisoning not like nothing so let's say all everyone died right let's say a million people died from cancer after chernobyl which didn't happen but let's just say a million people died you still can't judge nuclear power in 2016 america with nuclear power plants in 1972 Soviet Union, right? Those are two co- two totally different worlds. You don't think we've improved nuclear energy in the last 40 years and the safety around it and all the rest? That's insane. For the Soviets to have an accident, okay? For the Soviets to have an accident 40 years ago, and for us, for you, Terry, today to be like, oh, no, pff, off the table. Oh, can't ever have nuclear power. Nope. What? Why not? Like, <laughs> like it's, there's, again, we get 20% of our nuclear power from power plants today. Are there any nuclear power accidents? Any accidents? Any meltdowns? And by the way, the land around Chernobyl right now is flourishing. There's animals and plants like, like have never been seen in the area before. So is the land not habitable? It's crazy. Okay. Stop with the nuclear power sphere mongering. Fukushima nuclear power plant had a tsunami hit it. It's fine. But do not judge the failings of the Soviet Union and put that on us. And by therefore, weaken America based on things they've done poorly. Like, why? That that's, 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 doesn't make any sense. So there's my response to that, Terry. Um, okay. Speaking of uh, scientific consensus... Got another example of one that is just, uh, I don't want to say it's wrong. I want to say it's incomplete. Like some scientific consensus is flat out wrong. We talked about an example earlier. Um, I think last week, did we tell the story of sugar and how the sugar association paid a couple of Harvard scientists to say that sugar doesn't have any bad effects on health. Uh, I think that was last week. Earlier we shared the story about how um, 
a high fat diet was linked to heart disease, even though there's no real correlation there whatsoever and how that spread that scientific consensus. Uh, it's the same thing with global warming, right? It's this fake consensus. It doesn't really exist. Uh, another one here though, on a, on a different topic is with education. If you ask a hundred people, are, cl- are, are smaller class sizes better for grade school kids? Are smaller class sizes better? A hundred of them would say yes, right? Wouldn't everyone say that smaller class sizes are better? Why do we think this? It sounds like common sense, right? And a few decades ago in Tennessee, there was an experiment done on K, uh, kindergarten and first graders. And some kindergartners and first graders had large class sizes. Some had small class sizes. And they followed those kids for the next couple of years. And it turns out that the kids, the kindergarten and first graders that had, well, this time they were in you know ninth grade, but those kids, how do I word this? Are you with me? The kids that were in the smaller class sizes in kindergarten and first grade had better test scores in ninth grade. And the kindergartners and first graders in larger class sizes had lower test scores when they were in ninth grade. So boom, there you have it. Smaller class sizes are better. Every politician picked up on this and ran with it. The unions loved it. We'll explain why in a second. Uh, In California, they passed a law that limits class size to 20 kids in K through third grade. Wisconsin was 15 students per teacher in first through third grade. All across the country, different laws, uh, different states passed similar laws. It's cost billions of dollars. Florida spent $30 billion in the last 13 years to reduce class sizes. California spent $20 billion since 1996. And now we know that there's really no correlation at all. There is no correlation between smaller class sizes and academic performance. Just give you a second to either scream at me, turn the radio off, or just process this information. There is zero correlation between class size and performance. It turns out it's not the class size that's the important thing. It's the quality of the teacher. Now, let me do a quick sidebar here and say there's so many different variables at play that you can't just say smaller class size is the difference. There's tons of variables, including the home (laughs) being the biggest, but also the quality of the teacher is the biggest one in the school. It's not the class size. If you have a amazing teacher with 50 students, the kids are going to be better off with a ter- than with a terrible teacher with five students. Now, you may be saying, well, Slater, what's the big deal? Because smaller class sizes can't hurt, right? So, you know, it, it may not be the big difference maker that we thought it was, but it's not going to hurt kids. Well, it does hurt kids. It can hurt kids. We'll give you an example. Let's say there are 10 teachers in a school and they are all excellent, excellent, excellent teachers. I'm just going to use round numbers for, for simplification. 10 teachers in a school and they're amazing teachers. And there's 400 kids in this school. That's 40 kids per teacher. Then the state passes a law that says there can only be 20 kids per teacher. Well, that means the school needs to hire 10 new teachers. Well, let's say those those 10 new teachers are not not good. (laughs) They're not good teachers. So now you got half the kids, 200 of them, 
with the good teachers, the excellent teachers. And then you got half the kids, 200 of them, with bad teachers. Now, sure, they may be in a smaller class size. They would have been in a class size of 40. Now they're in a class size of 20. But the teacher's no good. So they fall behind more with the bad teacher. They fall behind, they do worse than if they were in the class with the good teacher, even if that classroom had 40 kids. Now, obviously, I, those are very simplified numbers, but I'm just trying to help you help us visualize how the, the unintended consequences of that. There's a big difference between hiring more teachers and hiring more good teachers. <laughs> it's better to have fewer good teachers in large classes than more teachers that aren't good in smaller class sizes. Now, again, Everyone's different. Every school is different. Every kid's different. Every teacher's different. Every home is different. Every, every, it's all different. There's this ideal world where every teacher is amazing and every class size is five kids. It's not reality. So are we going to continue to push this small class size, small class size, small class size fetish as if every teacher was amazing and, and we just got to get more teachers and they're all going to be just as amazing? Are we going to pretend that that's reality when it's not? Or we can do what we really need to do in order to help kids. So let me kick it up a notch here. Let's talk solutions as we like to do. Brookings Institute, a far left group, says that we spend $12 billion a year, $12 billion a year in extra teacher salaries in order to get to the smaller class sizes, right? $12 billion a year. That's $12 billion that could be spent on professional development for the existing teachers or, or any other things that would help kids. Maybe that money could be spent on art and music classes, stuff like that. It's a lot of money. It's just interesting to me how smaller class sizes seems so obvious. And we hear it and we're like, oh yeah, smaller class sizes. Yeah, done. Okay, I, I support that. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll, we'll raise taxes. We'll raise bonds. We'll pay teachers more, whatever. It sounds obvious. But if you think about it for a minute, you're like, well, maybe it doesn't. <laughs> maybe that's not the most important thing. And maybe we shouldn't be spending billions of dollars on that. I don't know. And you can make it very personal, right? Would you rather your kid be in a class of 20 students with a terrible teacher or 30 students and an amazing teacher. Now, I know I'm using the extremes here, but, but I mean, that makes sense, right? You'd rather it be in the class with 30 kids and an, and an amazing teacher. So what was the smaller class size really about? Was it well-meaning bureaucrats and, and politicians who really wanted to help the kids? I don't know, maybe. I'm pretty sure that was just unions who wanted more union members. So they get more union dues from more teachers. So they have more political power. That's what that whole small class size thing was really all about. One last thing with an amazing teacher, a smaller class size is better than a bigger class. So let's say you have the same teacher. Would it be better if they taught 50 kids or 10 kids, 10, but again, that's not fantasy. That's not, that's not reality. It's a fantasy. 
because it tends to be the more teachers they hire, they're not as good quality as the other teachers. Generally speaking. Mike Slater. Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 